Hi, I'm Chris Sarandon, and welcome to Cooking by Heart, where we talk about the vivid memories of the food we grew up with and the people and the stories attached to that time in our lives. My guests tonight, and I have multiple guests, and I'm thrilled to have these guests, are my children, Stephanie Sarandon, Turner, Alexis Sarandon, and Michael Sarandon. Stephanie Sarandon spent her high school years working part-time in restaurants. She's a graduate of Bryn Mawr College with a major in chemistry. She taught regular and advanced chemistry, biology, physics, and algebra at the Berkshire School in Sheffield, Massachusetts for 12 years, where she also reviewed and modified the chemistry curriculum while working summers on an organic farm. We all know that, don't we? Um, she also taught chemistry, geometry at the Breck School in Minnesota and is currently teaching advanced chemistry at the Millbrook School in Millbrook, New York where she also tutors students in math, science, English, and history. She's the proud mother of three, ages 12, 10, and six and a half, and she is an accomplished and creative cook. Our next guest, Alexis Sarandon, received her BA in creative writing while also working extensively in farm-to-table restaurants while in school where her love of food and health immediately led to her working on actual farms and then growing some produce herself. She holds a master's degree in science from the Tri-State College of Acupuncture in New York City and has also done postgraduate studies in cosmetic acupuncture plus gua sha, a discipline in which she now specializes, along with nutrition and lifestyle counseling. She lives in New York's Hudson Valley and is the mother of three children ages six and a half, four and a half, and two and a half, and has a calling to support other mothers and women who want to look and feel their best. She's also an accomplished cook, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, last but not least, Michael Sarandon, who graduated from the French Culinary Institute of America in New York City and holds a bachelor's degree in business and accounting from SUNY New Paltz in New York. He's worked in restaurants for 15 years, both in front or in back of the house, including kitchen stints, at the legendary New York City restaurants, the Mercer Kitchen, the Spotted Pig, and Marlowe and Sons. He currently works in operations management for TV Tech Incorporated, a live show and broadcast production company. He too lives in the Hudson Valley, which makes it very convenient for his family, uh, with his wife and his two daughters, ages six and three. He gardens, plays competitive tennis, and loves cooking for his family and his friends. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sarandon Brood. Welcome, guys. Hey. Thanks for having Hello. us. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So let's just get, let's kick this thing off right away. So uh, you guys grew up both in, uh, well, really Stephanie and Alexis grew up in New York City to a certain extent. Uh, and Michael came along a little bit later. But you have memories of both places, I would think, at least the girls may. So girls, do you remember anything about growing up in New York City? I like remember the apartments we lived in. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like our bedrooms. <laughs> um, and then I remember going to visit the city a lot, like as an older kid. Yeah. Um, and then like kind of traveling around the Upper West Side mostly um, as like an older child. A any food memories from those first early years when we actually lived there? Bagels. From H&H uh, &H Bagels, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, going to Zabar's, I feel like, was one that was always, like, part of the routine. 
Um, Particularly on weekends. Yeah, I feel like those are the two that like pop right into my head. And like hot dogs from stands on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretzels and hot dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Of course. So yeah. then so then when you guys were all very young, and Mick, you you'll remember this only from the time you were maybe, I don't know how old at, at any rate. Uh, we moved to Woodstock, New York. So let's start talking about that. What are some of the early, early memories that you guys have? Do you have any from growing up there? I don't have any memories of like really going out very much. I don't know if that's because we were a larger group, but I, I have, my memories are all of cooking, you know, with, you know, mom or you at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess we went like special occasions. We would go to like the bear, which was like a local restaurant. Uh, but that was really, those are my only memories of like eating out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm just as interested, but go ahead, Alexis. You had you had a comment, and then we'll we'll move on to sitting around the table. Um, oh, I wasn't even gonna say as much food. I just feel like I have a lot of memories of when we all moved to Woodstock of just being in the woods, you know, being outside, going for walks in the woods. And even then when we, you know, would spend time in LA with you later. I feel like there was a lot of that too, going for hikes, just always being outside. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of that. And I feel like that kind of goes, ties in with food and cooking because we would, you know, be eating outside all together, um, you know, in in either place. Obviously more in New York, it would be, you know, in the summer. But I would definitely feel like there's a lot of these memories of just being in the woods or being in the garden for sure. That big garden in the front, mm-hmm. where, you know, growing tomatoes and picking, <clears throat> picking tomatoes and, or lettuce for dinner and all of that. I feel like that, that house for sure has a lot of special memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, bef- and in the back of that house, there was that huge patio and like eating outside, like having a grill going, like an old like charcoal Weber mm-hmm. and roasting marshmallows, like when it would get dark and that garden, like being scared to death by a giant zucchini in the dark oh, really? in that garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have you have uh, memories of, of terror, uh, zucchini terrors? Yeah. Going out there with a flashlight to find something, being like, oh, what is that like gigantic thing and realizing it was well, because they do. not alive. Yeah, they do grow yeah. quickly overnight. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, oh, and I also remember because this this flashes with me too that there was an outdoor uh, a stone grill, a stone yeah. fireplace right on oh, the corner, yeah. I right about on, that. The, on the corner of that patio. And I remember doing a lot of grilling on that on that grate. I'd set up stones and put a uh, a stove type uh, grate over it, and then put charcoal under it uh, and and cook on that yeah and All right. also like not not necessarily food related but like the i feel like my one of my strongest memories of when we first moved to woodstock was having crazy dance parties in that space under the loft um like dancing to la bamba and like running around in circles in that like little circular spot like right next to the kitchen like after dinner yes right and anybody remember Greek dancing? Yeah, remember when Stephanie pulled my tooth out? 
Yes. I think I was I think I was too young for all of this to remember. <laughs> I think that there were I think I might have pulled out more than one tooth that day. I yes. do remember I, I think it Sorry. was when we were in Canada and uh Alexis and Stephanie, I remember you guys making a dance to Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah. But yeah, that, Dad, I think you, that was, you were shooting a movie there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you guys choreographed a, a big number. Yeah, there was like involved the stairs. There was like work on the staircase, and <laughs> there was a lot of like arm moves. I feel like <laughs> yeah, monkey, yeah. monkey arms. Yes. Yeah, monkey arms. I like that. Forgotten yeah. all about monkey arms. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, let's let's go back to Woodstock for a minute. Um, so, any remember uh, memories of things around the table or conversations? Do you remember what that was like when you were younger? Honestly, I think one of the most hilarious things about our family is that we're eating one meal and having a conversation about what we're going to eat for the next meal. <laughs> so I feel like that is very yes. common for us, for sure. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are a very food centric family, as my introductions to all of you uh, can attest. Uh, uh, were there particular things that you loved, for instance, that your mom cooked that you look forward to? I, this is probably a bad way to start, but I always remember the things that I hated. You know? <laughs> That's part of the yeah. show too, by the way. Like, yeah. You know, Absolutely. When, mom, when mom would make like tofu or something and I'd be oh God, you know, tofu. And then I had like a weird thing about, I didn't like rice for a while. I have no idea why. Um, you know, and just being a, you know, a kid and, and being, a like if I were the adult now, being terrible to deal with, just yeah. like yeah. trying to make food for. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you guys can all attest to this because you all have children now that children go through phases when the certain things they'll eat and certain things they, they won't. When I was a kid, I remember very specifically that if there was soup or anything that had celery in it, I would take my fork and literally separate each piece of celery out before I would eat it. Or if I was eating a particular plate and it had different things on it, I would make sure that I ate everything kind of successively so that I didn't finish anything first, that I'd eat a little bit of the rice, then I'd eat a little bit of the meat, then I'd eat a little bit of the salad so that everything was done at once. Did you guys have any OCD things like that when you were kids? Mick, I you definitely, I feel like you did. I was the most OCD as a child. For sure, but I think it was more like, I didn't want to like share, I didn't want to share anything with anybody. I didn't want to like somebody drink out of my cup. Uh, you know, like, it was more like, I think it was like a germ thing more than it was, I don't need to eat in this order. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, I, think, and you, I don't remember. You could I eat think it was food that was so hot. Um, I think it was mom used to call me, uh, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the, the aeronautic guy, um, spacing now on his name, um, notorious, uh, germaphobe. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> the aviator. What is his name? Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You'll remember yes. it when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, but yeah, I guess, and also I would say that mom was a great cook, so there wasn't a lot of things that I was like, you know, I didn't enjoy. It was just, you know, being a kid growing up. There's things that I, I just didn't like. But everything, you know, she, you know, she, she made every, she cooked every dinner for us. So you know, it was a lot of pasta, you know, just like simple meals, but all really. Really delicious mm -hmm. stuff. And, and nutritious. Mom also loved Italian food and loved to cook Italian food, I remember. Yeah. From when I first met well, her. 
And I, I don't know, actually, when I was thinking about food leading up to this, like two things that she Howard Hughes. Make. I'm sorry. I thank <laughs> you. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Steph. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but when I was thinking about like food for this, like some of the things that like first popped into my mind that I think of things that like mom always made, but I think that they were actually recipes that came from you, dad, were lentil soup and avgo lemono. And I feel like those were things that were like in her rotation all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of like put her own spin on them. But like, I think that they had originally been recipes that had been your recipes. Um, and those were like... I think like those are two things that I still make um, like with like a lot of regularity, like things that our kids still want to eat all the time too. So it's kind of like funny to think about that. Like when I think about memorable meals that she made, like they were ones that somehow like trickled down from you. We're cross pollinated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, or Yaya. You know, I remember mom yeah. saying, like, she'd be making something, she'd be like, oh, this is how Yaya used to tell me to do it. Yeah, You know, yeah. She t- I was talking to her the other day, and she was like, you know, Yaya used to say that potatoes <laughs> don't get crispy if you don't put pepper on them. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's amazing. I, <laughs> I never... Like, the little gems that she picked up from Yaya, you know? Mm. Now, yeah. uh, for our listeners, by the way, Yaya was my mother, who was these guys mother grandmother rather uh but of course in greek it's yaya uh and that's how we knew her uh and now my kids call joanna my wife uh, that is her children call my uh my wife joanna yaya and i'm papu of course uh carrying on the tradition the long-standing tradition anything you remember alexis that was uh, I, i was gonna say kind of the same thing as Steph. that i remember a bunch of Greek dishes that mom kind of, you know, what you taught mom and then she sort of made her own, you know, she would make avgo lemono and she would put escarole in it mm-hmm. and kind of do it, like put more veggies in it. And right. that, I feel like that's something I still make. And I think something also that I always remember is that no matter what, we always had a big salad or a vegetable, you know, like we was always very healthy. And I feel like we have all taken that and, you know, still to this day cook, you know, cook really healthy meals. Even if we're having pasta or something like that, we're still going to have a big salad and a vegetable. And I feel like really grew up with that too. Uh, Anything that you guys remember specifically that did Kevin, your stepdad do any cooking? He was, I mean, cookie was like the grill, the grill. Cream and broccoli soup. Yeah. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, the very much the, um, the, um, the, uh, the griller. Shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail. Yes. And, and he is the master carver. Uh, we all, we all have Thanksgiving together. Um, both, uh, Joanna's uh, family and uh, uh, Lisa, my ex-wife, these guys' mom's family, we all have Thanksgiving together. And Kevin is the carver. Mom makes the salad. It's a, it's become a tradition all of its own. And speaking of traditions, uh, do you remember holiday holiday meals growing up? Anything in specific? 
from holiday meals? Uh, I mean, I think that I remember definitely Thanksgiving. We would often do Thanksgiving, I feel like, with also with mom's family. So her, you know, her sisters and all of that. And I feel like in terms of that, I always remember the desserts because of Sandy. Ah, uh, yes. Right. He would just make these epic pies. Mom's mom's sister, Sandy, who was yeah. a, pa- a pastry chef. Yeah. Yeah, by by trade, who 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 uh, uh, made her living uh, creating extraordinary pastries for for a long time. I remember anything specific. I feel like she would make this chocolate cream pie, oh, and so you know, she, and she made everything. You know, she made the crust, and she did the chocolate, and then she did the this like beautiful whipped cream on top, and mm-hmm. um, and I feel like she made that. You know, if she didn't make that at every Thanksgiving, somebody was not happy. <laughs> yeah. And everything that she made was just like so exquisite and perfect. Yeah. Like oh, she yeah. would make she would make turkey gingerbread cookies, but all the turkeys would be like decorated with like perfect frosting. And yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the, the visuals were just as important. Yeah, as it was just as important as how it tasted. Yeah. Which is which is essentially what's uh, you know, what the deal is with fine cuisine anyway, is that if yeah. it looks good, it's gonna taste better. Of yeah, course. Yeah. When I think about those Thanksgiving dinners, especially, I think about that dip that mom used to make that was like cream cheese with the um, salmon caviar in it mm. and dill and sour cream or something. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't even know. And she'd make like those little pumpernickel toasts. Yeah, I remember. With the, with oh, the with dip. The row. Yeah, with the salmon roe in it. And Almost like tata masalata, you know? Yeah, but like they were big and they would pop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you could squish right. them. Right, right. Tarama salata for the listeners again, a Greek specialty. It's a kind of poor man's uh caviar in a way because it's fish roe, but the fish roe is is um uh, ground up uh and then mixed with olive oil and uh uh bread uh and uh lemon and it's made into a a dip that's just uh, exquisite. It's really wonderful. And it's sort of ubiquitous in Greece as well as in Greek American families in this country. Um, so uh, I, I want to move on because you've all had backgrounds working in restaurants and you all started very early. Well, how old were you when you started working in a restaurant, Mick? Uh, when I could start working, like I think 14. 14. Yeah, I started I started washing dishes at a bakery. And that was my first job I could get was I worked washing dishes at uh, the local bakery. Um, like after basically breakfast service, I would like come in at uh, it must have been like 10 or something. And so they'd already done a bunch of. Yeah, so they'd already done a bunch of service. So I'd like come in and like scrub the oatmeal pot. You know, it was like terrible, terrible work. <laughs> the worst job. Yeah. Worst job at the kitchen. This was weekends, right? Yeah, weekends. And I'm, I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't remember, but I, that was the only time I had. I was 14. So I'm yeah. assuming, yeah, it was just yeah, weekends. Yeah, yeah. What was the yeah. first job? What was the first job you had, Alexis? Do you remember? Yeah, I worked at the Bear Cafe. I was a bus boy um, or bus girl. Mm-hmm. I was, I, are you allowed to work when you're 14? I thought we had, you had to be 16. I think at the, at the time, I think at the bear you had to be six. Oh yeah, but so, I think yeah. at the bear you had to be sixteen. Okay, yeah. So 
because I feel like I was 16 and mm-hmm. I would work, I would work weekends, but I think I even would work, especially, you know, in my senior year of high school when I was sort of done with most, most of my work, I would work during the week too, because mm-hmm. I had time. Right. Um, and you, and- Stephanie? I worked at a little cafe in Woodstock called Maria's Bazaar and I like made coffee and did the cash register and made sandwiches. I would like leave smelling like mayonnaise. <laughs> um, but I was, I was 14. That's you only had to be 14 to work there. And then when I was 16, I started working at the bear. Also. Right. Right. I, I, uh, I would pass this on as not necessarily food related, but in a way uh, lifetime related in the sense that <clears throat> I feel that all of you guys because you started earning your own money when you were relatively young, had a sense of responsibility about money, that it taught you that you could, uh, that working hard had a product. And that product was self-sufficiency and being able to do things that you wanted to do that you didn't have to go to your parents for. Yeah, and for- and also that it's it's it made you all very responsible in terms of your financial life uh in, in your adulthood uh so uh, i'm interested in uh stories from working in restaurants because i know that when i was growing up i have i have so many stories about some of the things that happened while i was working there is there any story or two that stands out in your mind from the time you started working in in restaurants Anything bizarre that happened or uh, untoward or uh, something relating to the people that you were serving that stands out? Well, I feel like, I mean, and I'm sure that you both had this experience too, but I feel like chefs are just kind of crazy. And so I feel like there were often like explosions in the kitchen of just like emotional craziness and it was always the job of the person, at least at the bear, who was running food to try to like talk the chef off the ledge and be like, all right, like we got to keep cooking. There's three hours left in this service right. tonight. But like, I, I really think that like whoever that person was kind of like dictated the mood of like the whole place on a given day. Um, like if they were in a good mood, it was a good night. And if they were in a sour mood, it kind of like colored how everyone experienced the day or the shift. Yeah. And I I think in general, that's, uh, that exists out in the world. You know, it's like that with movie sets. It's like that with, uh, in the theater that the people who run things, if they are, uh, benevolent dictators, uh, or benevolent collaborators, that they set a tone for a more enjoyable or less enjoyable workplace. Uh, It's pretty much that way everywhere. Although I think that for some reason, and you guys can attest to this and tell me what you think, but that it's tolerated more, bad behavior is tolerated more in a kitchen, in a restaurant. Than opposed to the front of house? Or or out in, you know, any other uh, endeavor that you've been involved in. That that kind of behavior, that kind of behavior isn't tolerated. It's kind of a cultural norm, I guess, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know. I haven't worked in restaurants now in a long time. If it's still the case, I feel like a lot has changed. But um, I definitely feel like a lot of restaurants I worked at, especially in New York City, it was very acceptable for 
the chefs to be assholes. And that wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. that was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's like, it lends itself to it with the fact that a lot of kitchens are closed off to the public, right? Like now there's a lot of open kitchens, but in the past, like, you know, you were in this little, you know, closed off area. uh, And then also a lot of the time there would be alcohol involved. So, you know, these people would be, you know, and then on top of all of that, it's extremely stressful. So, you know, uh, emotions tend to uh, kind of go all over the place, I guess. Well, and you, Michael, Mick, you spent time in uh, sort of high profile kitchens that is in the back working the line or working whatever you were doing. Uh, Any uh, extraordinary events that you recall, anything of of a really egregious nature that happened in a kitchen you worked in? Oh, egregious. I don't know. I've seen a lot of stuff get broken on purpose. Uh, um, you know, again, like when either when I was running food or when I was cooking, you know, it just it, emotions boil over um, and, you know, people get to dumb things. Um, I, I, I don't know if I. I'm having a tough time thinking of a, no, an example, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I never let it bother me. And I think that's kind of why I did well in that environment. Um, I tend very to let, calm. yeah, I was going to say, I, I normally am not I, I, that, you know, I'm, I'm fine in that environment, I would say. And maybe that's because I, you know, started running food when I was like 16. So I was exposed to it for a long time. Right. Um, then so why did you, so then why did you stop? Stop. Stop working in kitchens. For all the same reasons that I just said, it's extremely stressful. (laughs) The the emotional toll, like it, you know, and it's just, it also doesn't lend itself, lend itself to necessarily having the most healthy home life. You know, you're, you're working every holiday, you're working weekends, you're working at night when everybody's home. Like you are on your own schedule. Um, you know, which is cool in some respects. Like I remember when I was younger and my, my now wife, then girlfriend, we were both working in restaurants and, you know, it'd be like, our weekend was, you know, Monday, Tuesday and everything was quiet then. So we could do a lot of cool things and, you know, but now, or, you know, later as my, as I got older, uh, and especially, especially have children, having children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, now I fall asleep at nine 30. You know, I can't, I can't stay up past nine thirty. you know, and it, I wouldn't get home until, you know, at the earliest places that I like the early, the restaurants that closed the earliest, I would get home at 10 30, 11. Right. Um, it's just not a very, uh, well, it's much more life, suited but. for when you're really young, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I used to get to the spotted pig at 4 PM and I wouldn't leave till 4 AM. Oh yeah. I, can, spotted I pig could never do that now. I would literally keel over. Yeah. And and also, I think that one's tolerance for bad behavior uh, diminishes over time as well. You know, when you're younger. Sorry, Lex, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think it's kind of the same as what Mick was saying. You know, I think, I don't know, maybe if you're a super hot headed person and you're in that kind of environment in the front of house. Cause it's stressful out there too. especially if I bartended for a long time and there's just a ton of drunk people, you know, they don't know what's happening and they're just 
acting a fool or not paying you or, you know, whatever's happening. And Mm -hmm. you, if, as long as you're chill, like it's going to be fine, you know? And I think the more stressed out, you know, you get, it's just going to make your night, you know, kind of fall apart. So. Right. Right. Now, considering the things that you guys witnessed when you were working in restaurants, do you think that the atmosphere has been, uh, in some way influenced or changed by the proliferation of cooking shows on television where the general public now has a view of what goes on in the kitchen? I don't know because I haven't worked in restaurants in a long time. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if I could really answer that. Speak, speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. just occur, it occurs to me that uh, very often uh, when there's a camera there, behavior changes sometimes Mm -hmm. it changes for the better and sometimes it changes uh for for uh so that it's not so so pleasant uh and and uh there are shows on television that that trade in that you know the real housewives show for instance uh some of the cooking shows uh where the personalities are it's about the personality rather than it's being about the food or the event uh, you know, it's a it's a constructed environment rather than it's being something that's real that you're seeing real time. Uh, have any of you guys seen that show called The Bear? No, you recommended it, but I I never yeah. actually got around to watching it. But I was going to say with the with the cooking, I I never really got into the cooking shows because of that. Like it it, it was for me, it was more about the the producers are trying to get more out of like the people than that than anything out of the food. Like I always like like Iron Chef, the old Iron Chef that was like mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. it was only it was just guys cooking and then and then there were people commenting on it and it was amazing yeah, uh, yeah. and there was yeah. no like the only drama was like oh my god that might burn you yeah. know uh, <laughs> that was it yeah. you know there was no like oh he said this and did this behind my back and this person you right. know sabotaged me in this way so I don't know just. I, I I know there's a huge uh, market for that. It's just not my, it's not for me. Yeah. No and I feel like in a, in a positive light, I also, I feel like a lot of when we worked in restaurants for me personally, it was really like a family, you know, everyone who worked at a restaurant, a lot of, and this was, I feel like in a time when if you were at a good restaurant where they treated you well and you made good money, there wasn't a lot of turnover. And so these people were people that you saw every single day and you ate family meal with and you, you know, spent the entire evening with them every day yeah. or yeah. four days a week. And so- well, And like I, I said, think, they were like on the same schedule as you. Like, yeah. you know, they're working nights like you. They're, you know, yeah. getting out at 4 a.m. with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I want to bring it to more of the, the present. So when you're at home now, are there, you've talked about it a little bit, but uh, are there things that that were influences of yours when you were younger, that is the food that you were around and was cooked for you, that you carry on and 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 have refined in some way? Definitely. Um... I feel like, um, well, I feel like everything I know about like food and cooking for the most part, like was like born, like either in your kitchen or in mom's kitchen. 
So I feel like so much of like what I do now is like come a hundred percent influenced by that. So I feel like there it's like hard to separate. Like obviously, like as I've become an adult and like I cook every single day for my family, like things have evolved. Like and I put my own spin on things and I have things that I like or don't like or whatever, but I definitely still make recipes that were recipes that we made when we were kids. And I definitely still am just influenced by how we learned to cook um, as kids. And like, obviously like it's been an evolution, but I think that at its very foundation, that's like where it started. And I think a lot of times, um, and I don't know if this happens to um, Lex and Nick, you guys too, but um, people will say to me, well, like, where did you learn to cook? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like did it. Like, that's just what happened in our house. Like everyone was just cooking. And so I don't know that I ever like internalized like learning, like the, like the actual act of learning. I think it was more organic than that. And I think that as I've grown up and like experimented on my own obviously it's changed but I think that at its foundation like my like ability to cook came from like growing up in a house with people who love to cook Mm -hmm. And, and also and also my memory is that when you guys were growing up and I do this yeah I know you do this with your children and I do it with your children and that is that you participate it's not just about Okay, it's dinner time and everybody comes to the table. It, it, the preparation is part of the family dynamic. Yeah, uh, I was going to say uh, to kind of um, uh, pick up where Stephanie left off, um, even if I had never gone to culinary school, like culinary school gave me like the kind of like more um, like the French traditional ways to do things. But I I learned to cook from you and mom. Like I remember making uh uh pasta with meat sauce with you in california um and you know and you being like you know well my secret ingredients i like to put in a little cinnamon you know and it's just like like little things like that and actually making it with you not just like i'm just sitting here you know on my phone or you know we didn't have phones then but you know what i mean like we're (laughs) there was a time you know what you know You know what I'm saying? Like, I was not like not involved in what was actually happening. And we actually used to do a night where we would all cook. Like it was like a big thing. Right. We'd like make a menu and we would all make something. And, um, and this is how old you remember. uh, I don't know. It was when we were all still before college. Right. So, uh, Stephanie was probably like 16 and then we'd have to I, i'm Hold not going to do the math right now Four, 16 14 and 12 i mean sorry 10 yeah something yeah. like that yeah um and uh and it and, and i remember like it being fun you know like it was like we this it wasn't like we were like oh god you know dad's making us all cook dinner for him tonight you know it was like <laughs> we this is what we wanted to, we wanted to do um and the same for mom, you know, it's just like just being around it and seeing how she does, did stuff. And then her being like, you know, it's like simple things being like, you know, eight and being like, this is how you take a can of beans and you warm it up in a pan. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not like, yeah. it's not like high level stuff, you know, yeah. it's just. Yeah. Uh, Alexis, Alexis. Yeah, I think that for 
all three of us were very instinctual cooks. And I feel like we learned that from you and mom. I mean, I rarely use a recipe and usually it's when I just need an idea for something and I, you know, want a little inspiration or I need to bake something and I need exact amounts. But, you know, Mick and I always joke that when, you know, someone's like, oh, how did you guys make this taste so good? And we're like, you just added, you add more olive oil and you add more salt and more lemon. And then <laughs> right. like, it's not that it's not that complicated, yeah, you know, yeah. the three magic um, ingredients. And I feel like we all are, you know, in inst- instinctual, but also like pretty, you know, Greek food is pretty simple food. And I feel like that's kind of what we learned. And so, yeah, it's just taking that and kind of running with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the other thing I was going to say, sorry, is that, um, I feel like when I was like just out of college and like doing a lot of cooking for myself, I would call you guys and be like, Hey, remember when you did this thing with like a chicken or when you did that or, and I would just be like, what did you do? And you, you or mom would like, tell me what happened. And then I would try it. And like, and that was like the evolution of cooking. And I feel like now it's like more reciprocal. Like it goes both ways. Um, I think amongst all of us, like we'll make something and be like, Ooh, how'd you do that? Or like, tell me about that recipe or yeah, like, we, give we me definitely that technique. group text about what are you cooking for dinner tonight? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I, I think there's an analogy here because you were all also, uh, gardeners. You've all raised food on your own. Uh, Alexis, you had a farm for a while, uh, and was producing food for sale. Stephanie, you worked in 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 uh, organic farms uh, on organic farms mixes raised food himself and i i think the analogy of having a green thumb holds true for cooking as well that you have a feel for it or you don't and i think some of it has to do with the way you're brought up and the family's attitude toward food now certainly there are people around who and i've talked to them by the way i've talked to any number of people who talk about how bland their diet was at home and how they discovered things when they would go out or when they would go to somebody else's house, when they would be invited over to a friend's house when they were kids and they'd have lasagna. You know, I have a friend who told me that he, the first time he had lasagna, he thought, what is this? This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And it wasn't part of his regular diet because they had meat and potatoes all the time. Um, and how also the family dynamic is inextricably bound up with uh, the community of the family and and food, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show, uh, <laughs> obviously. Now, uh, I, I want to get into a little bit about, because you all have kids, how is your, your sense of, of what you want to eat next, say, you know, you're planning your menu. Does it, does it revolve totally around the children or is it a, a compromise between uh, what the kids will eat and what you're cooking? Well, I feel like, I don't know. I don't think any of us do kid food. We never have done that. So it's not like we make dinner for, I don't make dinner for my husband and I, and then like I make my kids chicken nuggets. I just have never done that. And I don't think any of us have done that. And that's not to say that our kids don't go through picky phases and don't want to eat something that I make, but I don't, you know, that's kind of too bad for them. So I feel like. This is what we're having. 
yeah, this is what we're having. Yeah. And if you don't want to eat it, that's okay. But there's not going to be something later. And I also feel like eventually they're going to come around, you know, they're gonna, the times I get frustrated when my kids aren't eating what I want them to eat. I feel like the best thing I can do is just model that behavior. I'm going to be eating all of these varied healthy foods and different things. And eventually they're going to want to bite or they're going to ask what it is. So that's kind of my general perspective, you know, and I feel like I don't want to put words in your guys' mouths, but I feel like you guys are pretty similar. Yeah, I would say the that the same goes for our house. We don't make like a kid's meal and then our meal. Um, I will like factor in like, you know, like I'll know like my youngest right now says she doesn't like soup. That's a random thing that she doesn't yeah. like. But so I'll be like, okay, well, I'm making soup tonight. So she's not going to eat it you know, I'll try to get her to eat it, but then I'll be like, okay, so tomorrow I'm going to purposely make something that I know she will eat, you know, that it's still like my meal. I'm making something that I will want to eat. Right. But I also know like, you know, she will definitely enjoy this meal. Um, So it is kind of like that balance between, you know, you're still trying to make the food that you want to make and that you think everybody will enjoy. But then you have to kind of like, um, you know, factor in, that you have a two-year-old at your house or whatever, you know, and that they're just going to not, you know, not be the most rational person always. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Mick and I, our kids are littler too. So it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes well, my kids will say they want something and I'll make this extravagant thing and then they don't want it. They won't eat it, you know? So. Yeah. Well, and, and I also think that um, I also, I don't want, I don't want them to feel like dinner is a chore. Like I want it to be like an enjoyable thing. So like if I'm intentionally making something that I know one of the kids says that they don't like, I might give them another option. Like I'll say like, okay, we're having pasta and meat sauce tonight. My oldest son has decided he doesn't like pasta. So I'll make a slice of bread for him and he can make himself like a sloppy joe with the meat sauce instead mm-hmm. of having the pasta. You know, like he's still eating what we're eating, but like I'm making an accommodation for him because I know that like if this is something he's like decided that he doesn't, you know, like I, I don't want to make a whole separate meal, but at the same time like everyone has things that they don't like and I'm going to like try to make it so that we can have like a civil situation yeah. at the dinner yeah. table because yeah. I think like really when I think back to like family dinner like it's one of my most like favorite memories ever is like sitting around the table with all of you guys and like I like part of the reason why I think I still like to cook and make meals for my family is because I think that that's like such a special time of the day it's like my it's like I look forward to that and when we don't get to do that it like bums me out so Mm -hmm. I think that that's like a big motivator for me too so w- one thing I'd like you all to do now is give give it a moment's thought or if you have something right on the tip of your tongue, because I ask this of all my guests. If there's one thing that harkens you back to when you were a kid, anything related to food, be it a smell, because smell is so important. We all know that uh, in, in terms of, of our childhood memory. Uh, I talk often about, you know, remembering when the first day of school, walking in and it smelled like school, 
It smelled like the wax on the wooden desks. It smelled like the lead from the pencils. Uh, if there's one thing that you remember, not necessarily a smell, but a taste, a meal, a time when you were a kid, uh, what would that moment be? The first thing that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about it was when we used to come out to L.A. to visit you. And it didn't matter what time we got there in the car, you would always have those um, what were they called? Force primeval bars or whatever from Trader oh, right. Joe's with like cream cheese on them. Yeah, and it was like I don't know, like that was like this like nostalgic snack. And then we'd get to the house, and you'd have Ovaltine, and we'd get to swim. Like those. Yeah, like, you're, that it, is it, like it, such Joanna a, would make you guys Ovaltine. I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Lex, um, I feel like. Well, I'm thinking a lot about Greek food right now. So the thing that came to mind was Uvalikia and being when we would go to Tarpon to see Yaya. This is uh, Tarpon Springs, Florida, where my mother was born and raised and went back to live in when she was when she was older again. Um, yeah, it was kind of the same, like the Ovaltine thing, except no matter what time we got there, she always made, you know, she made a pot of Uvalikia and it was always on the stove sort of ready for us to eat so yeah, i feel like you would like it for our listeners uh, and our viewers is a dish that's made with uh, a greek version of meatballs the meatballs have in them rice tomato uh some mint uh some onion uh and they're cooked with in a broth with t- potatoes and celery and carrots and then uh at, when everything is done then the um the sauce itself is mixed with egg egg lemon, the uh, avo lemon, uh, and it makes a wonderful kind of heartening, um, a very satisfying stew uh, that kids love, by the way. Uh, because whenever we would travel to Florida to visit my mother, the kids would always go, yeah, 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 make you were likey, make you were likey, right? Yeah. Mick? I'm good. Um, it's hard, you know, because I feel like because we live most of the time with mom, I have fewer of those memories there because it was just a daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like when I think about like coming out to see you, it's like, I remember, like I said, like making like pasta with meat sauce. And then like, uh, I, you used to do this, like um, you used to get like drumettes oh, and yeah. do this like Asian drumette thing. It's like, I, I don't know. I have like all of these memories about coming out and the food we would eat out there. Well, because it was I feel, Right, that's what event. I'm saying. But, yeah. and I, but I feel guilty about not like, I don't have those like, <laughs> you know, those like flashpoint memories yeah. about mom's cooking, even though I know it was just as good and we like enjoyed it just as much. It's just, yeah. well, you know. It was, it, as you say, it was every day rather than it's being a special event, which right. was when you'd come out and spend time over the summer with us. Yeah. yeah, like with you know at mom's, it's like I remember I don't know, like you know making like burritos, like you know like the fun like kid meals, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and since this this particular podcast is going to be a, a Thanksgiving special, uh, any special Thanksgiving memories, be they from your childhood or from adulthood. I was going to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the holidays, but. Um, for me, I have, I mean, obviously we do like when we do the holidays, we do like all of like the kind of like standard, like turkey and, and, uh, and candied onions and, uh, 
like yams and all of that stuff. But I always think about like just the people, right? Like um, we have an uncle Teddy who would just obsess about the gravy being hot Hot enough (laughs) always. So it's just been, you know, and we haven't seen uncle Teddy in a very long time, but to this day, there's not a Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, that does not go by that somebody doesn't ask somebody else, is the gravy hot enough? <laughs> Uncle Ted's legacy. Yes, because yeah. he was always yeah. very, you know, they'd be like, it'd be like 12, 12 times he would ask if the gravy was hot. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Alexa, special, special Thanksgiving memory? Um, I feel like there's been a lot from the past, you know, few years that we've been doing it we've been doing a big, big Thanksgiving at your house and it's really fun because it's so many people. We have we such have, a big family now and yeah, everybody has 30, kids. 30, 30 people. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, it's sort of, everyone's invited. And so it's in-laws and everyone's kids and maybe even somebody's grandparents and who, you every know, once in a friends. while. Yeah. If there's somebody who d- doesn't have a place to go, they come, come to us. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily feel like in that space I'm thinking about a specific food, but more just about how it's really nice in our family that we don't have to choose. You know, we get to just be with everyone and have those special memories together. And we're not, you know, running back and forth between two different households. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie? Yeah, I don't think I have a specific like Thanksgiving food either. I think it's more just like the experience of being there and like the hot kitchen and like even if it's 30 degrees out, like all the windows are open because there's 30 people. Like if there's 30 people in your house, every single one of them is standing in the kitchen while dinner is being made. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's a pretty awesome thing. Like nobody wants to leave. Like everyone's in there cooking and hanging out and eating and. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing I think that's important about our family too, is that everyone helps cook and then everybody helps clean up. We don't just sit there and like let one person do it. That's not our style. And we always grew up all doing all of that. And even when we were kids, we finished dinner, everybody helped clean up. So I feel like there is just that camaraderie too. Well, I can't think of a better way to conclude a, uh, uh, an extraordinarily uh, informative and rich conversation with my children, all of whom I am so very proud, very, very proud, uh, both from their, for, for their, their, their cooking expertise and also for their deep and abiding humanity. So this is Chris Sarandon, Cooking by Heart, just thanking my children for being guests today and hoping that the audience enjoyed it. And by the way, Happy Thanksgiving from me and from... Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Love you.